Greetings, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial. I am joined today by a special guest, Valerie Angle, of the founder of the Wellness Global, <laughs> creator of Wellness Global, and just visionary for Wellness Global. And I'm very excited to talk to her about her community because for me, I like to always kind of preface the guests, I understand that this healing journey can be a lonely one, especially when you're starting out. And for this woman, she has created a community of, of healers, of, of people who are seekers and just lovers of life and wellness. And I just can't wait to learn more about her and the work that she's created. So welcome, Valerie, to our podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and chat with you today. You're very welcome. I'm honored also to have you here today. And as always, I love to have my guests talk about themselves and you're going to talk a lot about yourself. So <laughs> be okay with that. It's okay. <laughs> um, and I really want to um, let you know, this is a safe space and I would love for you to share a lot, a little bit about, or a lot of it about um, where you're from, your background, maybe your educational, you know, pursuits, a little bit of your professional career, and how that might have led you to where you are or might not have led you to where you are today. Sure, yeah. I think everything works together to kind of nudge and direct you on your path, you know? So even if you're mm -hmm. off, off track, it kind of nudges you back toward your life purpose. So I definitely think my upbringing had something to do with who I am today. Um I was raised in Southern Indiana, uh, United States, and um, very much a rural, very small farm community. Mm -hmm. I spent most of my time uh, by myself, just kind of playing out in the yard and in the cornfields and mm. uh, just living with my imagination, you know, yes. so... Um, you know, this was primarily, uh, early eighties is when I was growing up eighties, you know, and, um, I had a very active, <laughs> I, I call it my imagination now, but sometimes knowing what, what we learn to know through our spiritual journey, um, I think it was just kind of a multidimensional life, you know, much mm -hmm. of my time I was in another world, just like yes. playing with my fairy friends, yes. um, talking to my UFO friends, like just wild and crazy. You know, if I was telling somebody this is an adult, they'd probably want to take me and institutionalize me. <laughs> but, I mean, that's how I, that's how I spent my time. I just didn't have neighbors close by. And so I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, it, I was raised in kind of the edge of the Bible belt. And, and here I am living in Roanoke, Virginia, still kind of in the Bible belt. So there was always an underlying pervasive theme of um, very conservative Christian mm -hmm, mm -hmm. values. Yeah. And what seemed to kind of keep coming up through my life thematically was 
um, worth, worthiness or lack of worthiness, depending yes. on the denomination that you, you know, get um, involved with mm-hmm. um, and guilt. And uh, I remember a lot of nights just being a little girl and um, kind of like begging God to like forgive me for being a bad girl. <laughs> it's just if I've gotten like peed my pants at school or gotten into trouble or something and having this horrendous fear that I would be separated from my family if something happened to one of us, you know, death or a catastrophe or something and mm-hmm. just having a lot of fear. So um, unworthiness, guilt, and fear were sort of underlying and kind of like the alternate side to this very free, fun, imaginative day life that I yeah, had growing yeah, up. So yes. I think that all will eventually play into who I would become later on in life. Um, but I was a toxic people pleaser from from the get-go. You know? Yeah, I know that life. <laughs> So I, uh, you know, I wanted to be a good girl. And um, after running out the kindergarten room into the street, the first day of school, Mm. I got my act together and began pleasing people. Mm. And um, that really is what carried me through probably the first 35 years of my life was just, yeah, like what do, what does society need from me? What do my parents need from me? What should I do? What's the right thing to do? This is this the career track that is the one that I should do? So, so yeah, just like toxic people pleasing, um, and really stepping away from imagination and creativity, and just embracing my, you know, controlling type A, get it done personality. Yes. And um yeah, so so I ended up um I always knew as a child, always knew I had to get out of Indiana. <laughs> and so I um we visited Florida when I was 7. We visited my uncle and I I fell in love with Florida. So I was like I'm going to college in Florida. <laughs> so I did and um ended up um after kind of toiling around, not sure what I wanted to do, I went into education. I fell in love with young children and how their brains develop. And I think um, just a big part of that was being with them while they were exploring their imagination and their interdimensionality and that freedom. Yes. I just loved being around that. It, it helped free me, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, I really enjoyed that for a long, long time, um, about 20 years. And then, you know, bureaucracy, red tape, all that kind of stuff started nudging me. And that's kind of what my, um, you know, higher self, you know, greater consciousness was using. Like, oh, look at this. You don't like this part of teaching, mm-hmm. right? You don't like this, these tests. And you don't like these kids having to sit and listen so long. <laughs> and I just, the contrast just was like, attacking me I couldn't yeah. I couldn't focus on the parts I loved because the heaviness of the parts I didn't love yes just wouldn't get out of my way wow. and so um you know uh at the time I, I was like frustrated by that because I consider myself to be an optimist of course I was still a people pleaser and wanted to stay on till retirement I went to college I went I went and got um 
first my master's degree in leadership and then an advanced graduate degree in um, like the school principal administration and supervision. I was on that track because that's what my my administrators wanted me to do. Right. (laughs) And uh, I just kept doing it, but I became, I was just more and more and more unhappy. Yeah. So, um, so I did, that's, that was my track. That was my, my pre awakening, pre dark night of the soul life. And it was just, um, very full of love by my family. I was very loved by both my, you know, my, um, parents and siblings and my extended family, but, um, you know, with tainted by some of that people pleasing toxicity and that religious doctrine that unfortunately in, in that case was more negative. Mm. Mm. I'm so grateful that you shared this because it really aligns and resonates with me. You know, I also had, you know, going to college, studying business, studying, doing a liberal arts honors program, you know, going to New York, going to Harvard, getting two masters at Harvard, you know, working in executive offices after that and being completely unhappy. Like my tag is I went from Harvard to healing because I graduated pinnacle of education. Oh, you know, like everyone, you know, (laughs) why aren't you happy? (laughs) Why aren't you happy, girl? You didn't did it all. Spent all the bread. You know what I'm saying? These are not, you know, cheap pursuits, very, you know, expensive, like takes time, energy, you know, you're studying, you're working, like you're really putting your life out there, um, giving your life to this pursuit. And then you have this dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always talk about my trauma. I talk about being in an abusive relationship, losing Mm -hmm. my father, friend, you know, almost losing my mother all at the same time. And that shook me up. And I would love for you to go into more detail about what that looked like for you. Cause you did mention dark night of the soul. These are your words. <laughs> so, so I want to see, I want to learn more or if, if you could share more with our listeners and our viewers about what that looked like or felt like for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say dark night of soul, when, when I think about that, and I just use that term, I, I picture myself like where I was spending 50% of my time in the corner of my sofa co- covered up with my cat, like thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be that too. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It was, um, it was a ride. Um, so I believe in it, it. I believe all along, you know, my, my higher self was, um, dangling that carrot of getting back to my spirituality, getting yeah. back to my imagination. Yeah. It was so strong with me as a child. Um, and I look now back at my family and there's a lot of like highly intuitive, um, you know, readers and psychics and things like that in my family. We kind of always brush that under the rug because of our really? religion. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't talk about the tarot cards, you know? <laughs> really? So, yeah. So it's like, it, it was always kind of there, but, um, it wasn't normalized in my upbringing. So, right. um, so I was just kind of like, I didn't talk about it. And I was always curious, you know, in high school, a friend would have a party and her parents have this amazing library of metaphysical and spiritual books. And everyone would be like playing pool and foosball and drinking in the other room. And I'd be in there reading metaphysical books, wow. you know, I was just, it was always alive in me. Yeah. And, um, the first, the first big sign when I was, um, I was married in my mid twenties and, uh, 
um, was teaching. I was getting ready to have my first child about 27 years old. And my husband um, hurt his back and he ended up getting prescribed Oxycontin and ended up falling into addiction with this. And um, one day, you know, we, we were, he was in and out of rehab. I was teaching. He was trying to hold down a job with his pain. And one day he just um, came to me and said, hey, I tried to fill my prescription, which is a narcotic, you know, in two pharmacies and I got caught. And so I've got to leave because I don't want to get arrested. And so um, he just packed the car up and he left and I never saw him again. <laughs> and so I had, um, you know, our, our daughter and um, he actually, I had a stepson that I had raised for 10 years as well. And he, he took him and dropped him off at his mom's. Um, we had full custody. So that was incredibly traumatic for me. Um, I, uh, it really shook me to the core, but mm. instead of, you know, rethinking my, who I was or what my purpose was, I just dug in harder. And I think a lot of times those of us who are real stubborn yeah. and really pulled into that people pleasing, yeah, that's what we do. We just, we're like, okay, I'm just going to like get superhuman strength and fight harder. <laughs> I'm going to please greater. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. you know, people will understand if you have an emotional breakdown right now. It's okay. But yeah, no, I was like pressing on. So <laughs> I should push through and um, kind of having a sense of instability and what's, what's going to happen. And can I raise my kid on my own? I very hastily married um, a local a local guy, and we had moved at this point. I'd gone to school in Florida, taught in Georgia for a while, loved that. But we moved to Virginia because my parents had moved here. So we had moved here, and that's where all that kind of went down. So I married a, a gentleman from here, and um, it was, um, well, I'm a, I'm a Leo, and he's an Aries, and it was fire and fire, and um, we had a lot of good times, but ultimately we just, uh, you know, I was like, if, if we don't split up, like we're probably going to kill each other. Like this yeah. is not a good match. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just not healthy. We, we didn't communicate healthy. We both had a lot of trauma and immaturity that we carried with us that hadn't been healed yet. Yes. And because we were stubborn, um, you know, and so that, I think that separation I had we had two children together over the course of three years so I had three kids now and um that I think put me at my limit you know um just the emotional uh pain and um hurt that would occur regularly in that relationship and our communication and stuff uh just kind of put me over the edge and it it was also parallel at the same time, like I said prior, I just kept all of the things I didn't love about my work were just put in front of my face, like constantly. And um, I'm always telling people around me, like, you know, look for the good, look for what you want to focus on. Like, let's keep focused on what it is that you do want. Um, but sometimes that contrast and that mm. what you don't like is there to show you something. It's there yes. to help you make a different decision. Yes. And so if it keeps showing up, take heed. You know, it's it's if it's not going away, 
then take heed, something needs to change. And finally, mm-hmm. after, you know, both of those dramatic relationships um, and then unhappiness in my work, I just uh, was doing a summer job, which often teachers do, right? You have your, you teach and then you go do some random summer job. I was managing properties at the beach <laughs> for the summer. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop all of it. I'm just going to wow. I'm gonna move a town away. I'm going to, I'm just going to stop, leave my career. I'm not happy. Um, I had already separated and was getting a divorce from my second husband. And um, I was like, I'm just, I just want a clean slate. That's what I want. And that felt very freeing and wonderful in the moment. And I think that my soul was so pleased that I finally saw the light and made the change. Yeah. Um, you know, but that, that, that was only the open, the beginning, right? Like, it's like, we're like, <laughs> we're like, ah, I've seen the light. It's going to be all great from here. But then you have to heal. And do and the work. You gotta do, <laughs> do the work. The work. And that is what is really just unpredictable yes. and um, wild. And so the <laughs> next, for the next probably four or five years, I just dug in and started doing the work. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy and I wasn't happy all the time. Um, but I had a sense of freedom and I had a sense of being on track for the first time ever you know, and spiritual people, um, mentors, guides, um, you know, in human form, were just coming into my life left and right. And this community was just forming around me. Books would fall into my lap, articles, podcasts, YouTube, things that I'd never heard of before, videos, you know. And, um, you know, I talk like I didn't chase it. It just, it just all started coming when I opened myself up and said, yes, like I'm ready to accept what this path is that I need. Um, it, it all just started falling into place and coming to me interwoven with the healing, you know? So. Like, so many things there, pain. <laughs> pain and all the things I just have to say what deeply resonated with me were a few things. First, it was around the contrast. Because one thing that we're seeing a lot of in the spiritual world and spiritual space is the toxic positivity, for lack of better words. And that is me. That was me big time. And and I have the awareness of it now. So I'm having to push through the things that seem scary to me or push through things that seem like that's where I'm at now. I'm having to push through because it's I'm still not used to that confrontational energy, that contrast energy. It's very, very strange for me. Yet we, we, (laughs) one thing that my mentor kind of example, my mentor gave me was showing me this video of of shark divers and how to divert a shark. And I'm like, what the fuck are we watching this? (laughs) Because if I, I'm not first of all going to be with no sharks, okay? But think of metaphysically, like we are oftentimes surrounded by shark energy and we choose to run. The people pleasers run from it. We choose to please instead of confront the madness that is the shark energy. 
And Mm -hmm. so what we're doing in our shifting of that is redirecting it, transmuting it and making it higher because this needs to go higher. This Mm -hmm. is not allowable, this kind of behavior, however it looks. And so I love that you brought that up because it's something that I too am working through actively healing. And now I'm going to be diverting sharks like the sharks when, you know, I'm going to be redirecting the energy, you know, because I'm, I can welcome that contrast as, as, oh, this is good for me too. You know, good learning for me too. Mm -hmm. And another part that you said was all I had to do was say yes. Mm -hmm. Because trauma lives in isolation, I am understanding. And when we're isolating ourselves, when we're in that guilt, shame, that victim, you know, that you talked Mm -hmm. about, we're not talking to people because we're too fucking scared. (laughs) We're not, we're not really honest with ourselves because we don't want to believe that this madness can be happening. Mm -hmm. And so we're blocking our blessings in that sense. But when we say yes and acknowledge, I can get through this, or I can find another way or whatever the yes to is, then you have what you talked about. You get the books coming to you, the guides, the mentors, the spiritual healers, of course, in due time, maybe one at a time, maybe half at a time. However, in due time, you'll have the team you need for that acceleration that you've been preparing for. So this really resonated deeply with me and kind of what I'm experiencing have been experiencing because <laughs> this journey is about a lived experience so I would love for you to talk about because you're you were so traditional like you you did your teacher job you were on a path to administration which is like everyone's dream when they're doing this work in education and then all of a sudden one day you're like I'm done I'm moving to a new town <laughs> okay Come on now, you got to talk about some details here. What did that look like? What did that work look like for you? Because you were talking about how you had to get into the work. You had the awakening, yeah. now I have to do the work. And what? Yeah. And talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was um, uh, being a being a lifelong people pleaser. I that was my first shift that I had to accept. Like, okay, I can't. Clearly, everyone's not going to be happy with me when I announce that. After, you know, 20 plus years, I'm not signing my contract this year. You know, <laughs> they send you your contract. They know you're going to sign it. You want that paycheck and that pension. Yeah. And you don't sign it. You know, you get the calls. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you thinking um, from family, from friends and, you know, good intention, wanting to make sure you're safe and secure. And um, so that was really, really hard. And I did question my sanity a lot because I thought, what, you know, maybe they're right. What am I doing? Um, Is this really dumb? Am I going to regret this? Can I go back? You know, and you you kind of teeter there for a minute until you can stand your ground. Um, And I think a lot of times we, we teeter and then fall back into the old way just because it's easier. So teeter, fall back into it. It's a practice vibration. Yeah. Like, oh, just kidding. I don't really want. I don't really want to quit. Mm-hmm. So that was really, um, uh, you know, that kind of plunged me into, uh, you know, sadness and some depression and some feeling like I was disappointing people. Ooh. And um, being a mom um, of three, and I'm the primary caretaker for them, you know, 
that always had to stay. I have to feed these babies. I have to make sure they're clothed and secure and healthy and safe. And so that kind of, you know, lays across everything. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it was tough, uh, but it, it seemed that no matter what, something would come to me just in the right moment, a word of encouragement from an unexpected person, you know, maybe a mentor in education that says, you know what, I really admire what you're doing, doing what is right and following your heart's path versus just, you know, time to make the donuts, going back (laughs) every day and not really wanting to be there. And little words like that for people can go a long way. And then just finding, um, I think one of the first things I found, uh, a really easy introduction into metaphysics for people is the book, The Secret. It doesn't feel so, it doesn't feel so threatening or crazy. Yes. Um, so that was one of the first things that fell into my lap. My dad Mm -hmm. had a copy and I was cleaning out his library and I was like, I'll read this. And, um, then that gave me the, uh, inspiration to look into some of those other, you know, contributors in the book, start reading their materials. And, um, I discovered Esther Hicks, Abraham Mm -hmm. Hicks. That's my godmama. I call yes, her my I'm god like, mama. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's my god mama. All right. Yes. Say that. I, see, I knew that we were vibing on a similar level because whenever <laughs> I'm like confused, I'm like, let me go put some Esther on. <laughs> I like have all her phrases. Like I have her books. I have her like, it's yeah. like encoded in my DNA now. Like I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like vibration before precedes manifestation, like practice vibration. Like even the way I speak my, some of the lexicon is just, yeah. just taught me how to speak about myself in a way that I, I will always have. Exactly. And I mean, that's part of the work, right? Changing yes. your vocabulary. Yes. Um, one of the major shifts I made was coming to the realization that I'm not my thoughts. The the thoughts that came into my head are often programming from caretakers, education, bosses, media. And um, I mean, gosh, I was like 35 before I realized that. I mean, I was like, I'm not my, like, that's not my identity. So if I think something horrible, then I'm not a horrible person. It's just this random thought that came through my head that I can say, cancel, push that away. I don't need that. And learning to create my thoughts. And when you you delve into masters and start, you know, reading um, philosophers over time and, um, you know, the ascended masters and, and current you know, um, speakers and philosophers, and you start letting that kind of brainwash you, those kinds of words and terminology and ways of thinking. Um, and you just naturally begin feeling better. You get it. It clicks. It speaks to your soul and your spirit. And you recognize that truth and you recognize that this is what's real. And so much of this illusion out here this, that's not even real. At I was all. making money and climbing the ladder and having the reputation and was miserable. But here I am just starting all over again and knowing, knowing nothing really starting with the blank slate, learning this new stuff, but I'm incredibly happy. Yes. yes. <laughs> so a lot of what we've been taught is just a, a massive illusion of how things should be. And really 
how things should be is whatever your heart and soul has for you. And only you can really know that. Mm -hmm. And so just learning to tune into that, um, you know, that's, that was the big, the big work for me is I had become so disconnected from my soul, from my voice and from my higher self and, you know, greater consciousness. And it, you know, it was just like, uh, ping pong bouncing around from worldly wisdom that was confusing and, uh, often like contradictory and not making me happy. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that was, uh, that was my work was just re-exposing myself to some of the stuff that I was curious about and loved when I was growing up that I had just pushed away and gotten away from and, and just embracing it. And like, we like to say around here, like embracing the weird. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yes. so many people in my community now with so many um, interesting healing and spiritual philosophies and modalities. And yes, that's where like all the time I'm meeting new people that are bringing something they're like, Oh, I do this new thing that I've never heard of. And I'm like, what is that? How curious. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, you know, and I just go with it. I'm like, bring all the weird. I love it. <laughs> I love that. And since you kind of already started to segue into your current business, because this is the meta business millennial. So we got to get into the business. Yeah, I would love for you to talk more about as you were going through your own transitioning, obviously these ideas were coming to you around. How could I make a living doing this? Like, how can I be compensated properly so that I can pay right. my bills, take care of my children, take care of myself? well you know what I'm saying right. not just like getting by I want to really make some bread you know like yeah. so can you talk about how that transition looked for you like even down to the details because you're creating a network a community that yeah. requires a lot more resources than your average you know breath work or chiropractor business or doula service like I'm just reading your your background there <laughs> But yeah. like starting those kind of businesses is very yeah. different from creating a network. So can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it was an evolution. And um, I began using um, the 22 processes and, and um, the Abraham Hicks book. I think it's uh, Ask and It Ask is Given. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I began using those processes to figure out like, what do I want? You know, so many people don't even know what they want. They just think they want what everyone else has. Yeah. And so began doing that work. And I had made myself a promise after these two divorces. I was like, okay, um, I don't want to keep doing that. <laughs> I'm going to wait until my kids are grown about 10 years. And then, you know, here's the relationship I would like to have at that time. And I just kind of played with that as a sort of a side thing. It wasn't even really an intention of my focus. My focus was like, how am I going to pay my bills? Um, but it was just for fun. So I would do that kind of on the side. But but my main focus was like, okay, what kind of things do I enjoy? What am I good at? And honestly, it was a lot of trial and error. I had um, some background in nutrition and fitness um, from college. And, you know, I dabbled a little bit in nutrition coaching myself. But I thought, you know, I'm kind of over teaching. Like I did that for so long over that. So I did a lot of trial and error with what do I want to do? And um, I had to gain some skills, right? So in teaching um, some of the skill sets that I needed there for administration and leadership didn't really transfer into 
the kind of business that I do. So, you know, obviously I had to do some skills training and, you know, social media and marketing and sales and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have that portion of it yeah. um, that I, that I took some time to do. And then, um, but what I really, really focused on and what I think is the, one of the most important things that anyone can focus on is that spiritual work. And, you know, like Esther says, knowing what you want, mm-hmm. disciplining yourself to focus on it. Mm-hmm. And then as she says, feeling good is the work. Yes. yes. Tending so you to your get, vibration. Yes. <laughs> you you got to get from what I want to how it feels. Yes. And then, then it all kinds of starts to come into play. Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's what I was doing. It's just processes, processes. And um, got a, a part-time job at a hippie shop, like a hippie clothing shop. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it sounds... It sounds simple, but with my, um, the Christian community around me and my teaching community around me, I was like, what are they going to think? I'm like at this hippie shop. <laughs> what That's will people so real. think of me? And That's I worry so about the judgment and yes. like my ego. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. And, uh, but you know what? It was a blast. And I yes. learned sales and marketing and retail. Yes. yes. And, and then that, um, I got an opportunity to manage a little boutique downtown. Um, so I moved and started doing that. That exploded my, um, my skills, my skill set for business, because that is really the one thing that had been missing. And um, I, I just, I learned so much from that opportunity. And I'm ever grateful to these women who gave me the opportunity to come from teaching into this whole other world. Yeah. So just worked on my skill set, but you know, the, that's when the universe and, you know, and God just started dropping things in, into my lap. And the yeah. first thing was my now husband, Jonathan, like, um, the first day that I started at the boutique, he walked in the door as my UPS driver. Let's go. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, Oh, I can't have a crush on my UPS drivers. <laughs> And I have a 10-year contract, right? I'm not going to date for 10 years. So anyway, so we became friends. And um, we started brainstorming about opening a wellness center because we spent our time talking about plants and herbs and oils and cannabis and all kinds of things. And um, so every every I say we had a thousand 10-minute dates, you know, like every day he'd come in and take a 10-minute break and we'd talk. And so we kind of manifested in our mind a wellness center. Um, and then we actually went and started looking at buildings. And then we actually rented a space. And then we opened a facility. And um, and it, again, it seems that the things that I needed at the time would just be brought to me. So when that kind of wrapped up, um, we had to we had to move. We bought a house and we had to move um, into our house. And at the same time, um, the lease changed for the building we were in and they were kind of changing the the model. So they were going from like a retail center to kind of more of an Airbnb building and everything shifted. And we were like, it, this, we need to close. Like this is, it's shifting. So that was a big sign that it was time to, you know, re reprocess, see what, what do I want to do with my time? Where do I want to be? How do I want to spend it? And we had spent so much time, um, 
I said I didn't want to teach, but I did end up teaching little mini classes yeah. to so many holistic providers because they're like, how do I make a Facebook page? How do I make a Twitter? How do I market? Mm-hmm. How do I, you know? And so a, a friend of mine, um, one of our members, we would get together and make little classes and we would give them classes and how to do this. And they would say, well, can you just do it for me? <laughs> and so that's kind of how we morphed into where we are now. Interesting. Yeah, it was just being open to the shifts in the sand and the change, being willing to change and pivot and go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like if you think of life as like you're floating down a river on a raft or in a canoe and, you know, it wants to take you a a new direction, but you're paddling and fighting it and trying to go this other way. Mm. You're just you're making it harder for yourself. It's no yeah. fun anymore. You're working too hard and you're yeah. trying to cling to this other path. And maybe there's a dangerous waterfall that way. And you yes. just, you need to go this way. So when we open ourselves up to the flow and just are willing to shift, let the doors close, follow the open doors. So that's what we did. And so now, um, you know, I use those skills that I learned as, as you know, God dropped them on me along the way. And, you know, the universe opened doors and, um, and, you know, now I get to, I get to be home with my dogs all day. I'm here when my kids get home from school, we get to go do whatever they need to do for sports or activities. I'm here for them. Um, I love my clients. I love doing anything I can to support them. And one of my big focuses is I want to, I want to stay on course for myself obviously, because I want to be happy and satisfied, but I also want my kids to, to see how to do that. And I want, um, you know, to share that with anyone that's interested in knowing. So whether it's, um, you know, someone in California that's looking for a Reiki provider or someone who is a counselor, who's looking for a way to, uh, get her name out there to new clients. I want to be part of that because I want to be part of that healing journey and I want to help in whatever way I can. And, um, you know, what is my Angelo says, um, like what you do and, um, oh, how does it go? Let me see if I can see it. Oh, like yourself, like what you do and like how you do it. Right. Yes. Yes. You gotta like, you gotta know yourself. You gotta know Mm -hmm. what you want. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to love yourself first. If you don't, your body, mind, or soul is going to show you mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're not, where you're not paying attention. And then, you know, how can you like what you do and like who you work with and like how you do it and like, you know, waking up every day and knowing that that's your purpose. That's so, so beautiful. And I, I love to hear that because, you know, for me and my journey, I've had to really go through that as well in terms of discovering what it is that I can offer. And what do I actually enjoy doing? Right. You know, my motto now is play, ooh, my motto now is play, fun, and love. Because awesome. I want to make sure that everything that I do, I'm feeling like it's fun. Like I'm feeling like there's some play aspect to it. Like it's not all just like work, work, work. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I'm really loving myself in the process and honoring mm-hmm. myself in the process because if I don't, no one will. 
Right. And I love too, in just thinking about your shift from people pleasing to now you're, you're, you're in service to people yet still in alignment with yourself. And I, and I love that for folks that are listening that may find themselves like, I just love to help people. That's why we're, we become people pleasers is we want to see other people win, you know, like what's so bad about that? You know, like, however, if it's at the expense of ourselves, then yeah, that's when it starts to get bad. However, you're able to find the balance here and not only find the balance, you do it with someone you love, like your husband, Yeah. yeah, your divine mate. Yeah. Like, I mean, can we talk a little bit about that, you know, for the men and women out there who maybe are thinking about starting businesses with their, with their divine partners or with their mates or, you know, someone who they love deeply, maybe there's no title to it, but talk about that journey. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most powerful parts of our relationship is how, um, it developed out of friendship. Yes. Uh, but I have no doubt not an ounce of doubt in my mind that, you know, our, um, coming together was intentional. I just, you know, I think we've probably come across each other a dozen times over the course of our life. We've talked about that. Like you were in Atlanta here and you were in Virginia beach here. Oh my gosh. We're probably in the same place at the same time, but we weren't ready for each other yet. It wasn't the season. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've crossed in and out and, once we both kind of were in a place in our life where we really assessed the kind of the kind of love and friendship and relationship that we wanted, like what would really feed our souls. And, um, you know, like for me, I wrote, I'm a write, I like to write words. I wrote it out. And for him, he kind of daydreams more about it. Yeah. But I'll say, well, I manifested you. And he's like, no, I manifested you. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it doesn't matter. It's all about how you feel. It doesn't yes. matter if you write it or draw it or dream about it. It's yes. how it makes you feel. Exactly. And we were both spending some time feeling that out before we ever met. And so that's when the magnets came together, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you're ready now. You can mm-hmm. have this. And way ahead of schedule for me, I really wasn't looking. And, and it wasn't really, he didn't think it was in his timing either. Um, but when it, you know, when we came together, I mean, we just, we hit it off and it was easy. It was easy to daydream about, oh, look, this, this storefront's open. Wouldn't it be cool to put like this here and do this? And it was easy to, to just walk around and do that. Mm-hmm. And then it was easy to take the next step and say, well, it wouldn't hurt to go ask them how much the rent is or it yeah. wouldn't hurt to, well, it wouldn't hurt to go, you know, write up a business plan. And it was just fun. We just had fun and we just dreamt about it, you know, and, and even now when I'm thinking of, of doing something new or adding something or whatever, I'll just be like, Hey, do you feel like dreaming for a minute? I just want to run this by you. Or are you in like a dreaming mood? Um, because I want that good energy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I you're, know you're in the right place. Your co-creator, you're, you know, yes. your built-in co-creator. Right. So, so yeah, we, you know, we, we honor the, the emotion that is necessary and, and ask like, how are you in a good mood right now? <laughs> I want you to bring your good energy to this discussion. Yeah. Um, so some respect for each other and understanding that it's through the course of life. Every day is not a good day. Every moment's not a good moment. Um, and always bumping up against other people on the planet and they're bringing their stuff into our circle sometimes. 
yeah. especially with teenagers. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really powerful. And I, you know, I, I think we're really lucky. I think when you have someone that you can co-create actively with, um, or a community, which is kind of what we built now, mm-hmm. you bring that power. You're, mm-hmm. you're magnifying your power when you can learn to collaborate mm-hmm. instead of seeing people around you as a competitor. Yes. You know? That part. Yeah. So when you come together in collaboration, you just magnify each other's power yes. versus pushing against yes. one another, um, you know, and, and eliminating that momentum. So I love that. I love yeah. that when you're coming together, because when you speak about the relationship, it was just the coming together of two souls with very pure and, and I would say high intentions. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it and that has a ripple effect on the community yeah. that you guys are building. So it sounds like you have a facility and you offer services. Can you speak in more detail about your business operations and, and what it is that you offer folks today? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So we don't, we don't have the facility anymore. We closed mm-hmm. that down. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so fun. <laughs> it was such a blast. Um, but what I learned when we closed was that it was exhausting. And so I learned that I was kind of running on adrenaline and wasn't listening. People would say like, you're here all the time. Don't don't you want a vacation? Would you like to rest? And I'd be like, no, I love it. And I did love it. But, um, you know, that was a lesson I learned because when I, we moved and we closed the, we closed the space and we moved, um, the tiredness hit me. Like I was so tired yes. <laughs> and I just had to kind of nest and we were moving in. So I nested and I just, I took a lot of time to kind of rejuvenate um, my body and just meditate more and have more ceremonial activities just for myself mm-hmm. and to spend more time with my, my friends on just a social level versus a work, you know, kind of relationship. So, um, so we did close the space uh, last year, but I'd already started doing a lot of the promotion for the people who were working in the space. So mm. the people who were offering services and classes in the wellness center, um, a lot of them signed on and I began helping to promote them. So what we do is we run um, a Facebook app, Facebook and Instagram ad for them every month. Um, we create a promotional post for them remembering that a lot of them don't like to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we work with them to get at least one social media up and hopefully a website as well. And then um, to get their, you know, pixels and their SEO going so that we can direct traffic and help them grow their um, client base. Okay. So we do um, the ad, we do the posting, and then we cross post to um, LinkedIn. We do an e-news blast. And then, of course, um, Wellness Global, we're always reaching out to tell people about our network as well. So we're always growing our audience. So it's kind of a symbiotic relationship. So the more we grow, the more it benefits them. And um, yeah, we're working on um, just letting people know about our vision, that our vision is that no matter where you are in the world, you would have this resource to come to, to see is there anyone I could go to for a healing session right now, whether it be virtual or in person? Okay. And so um, a global directory of healing, a healing network uh, oh, wow. in the sense of marketing. Yeah. 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 
Right. Well, that's cool. I definitely need yeah. to get on that network. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about um, maybe like some challenges that you face in doing this? Because I know folks who are in especially the technology space, the community building space and are and or just working on their own. Like, what are some okay. things that you've kind of experienced in this startup journey and how have you navigated it potentially using some of your metaphysical skills, your spirituality skills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, lots of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so many challenges. Um, some of them come in the form of communication. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, messaging and helping people to understand um, you know, our spirit of collaboration and that, you know, we're here to help spread light um, and not compete. So some, when, especially when we have the physical space, um, even other woo-woo people or holistic people would have a sense of um, competition. Yeah. And so that's hard because yeah. my people pleaser would come up and I would be like, no, 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 <laughs> like me. You know, and so sometimes uh, I love your analogy about the sharks earlier because that's I I felt that you know mm-hmm. like okay I have to like hit this head on mm-hmm. um, and confront this yeah um, and and also um, in in our uh, having a physical space anyone who's doing that that has a whole set of challenges um, on top of running your regular you know, your business in terms of legal marketing sales, um, working with, you know, realtors and landlords and things like that. Um, I had one, one gentleman that we worked with that was just frankly, just chauvinistic and, um, getting the courage to come up and just speak honestly about that, uh, to him and his, um, stakeholders that he was working with. And, you know, call it, kind of call him out for it Yeah, uh, was tough because uh, yeah. I didn't want to do that. I, <laughs> I wanted to just run. We're right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so those things have been hard in terms of, um, you know, tough lessons and things to learn in business. Um, and, and one of the biggest things that I think has, has been kind of a consistent theme for me is patience. You know, I can say ease, flow, go with the flow and, and deeply mean it. Um, but you know, when you, when you can have a sense of satisfaction with where you are in the moment and you can feel the joy of, um, celebrating everything that has, has manifested in your life at that time, you can really keep the momentum going. Um, but in those moments where you're like, I want more, or I want this now, and you want to get kind of, um, super specific, or I guess just kind of getting ahead of yourself. I can, I can really feel how that knocks me off course when I do that, you know, when I try to get, you know, I try to work too hard. I'm trying to do the human work too much. And I take my focus off of the um, spiritual work and the, the enjoying life part. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can feel how that will knock me off course. So yeah. that's one of the biggest things I'm working on right now in my life is, um, 
remembering that my actions should be inspired actions. Yes. Inspired to action. (laughs) And, you know, not just tedious. What's one more thing I can do? You know, what's, what's another thing I could, you know, I want to stop doing those one more things just for the sake of doing them. And I want them to be, you know, if it, if I'm doing it, I want it to be because it came to me as an inspired action and it has moving. So, and that all comes from taking adequate time in nature and with myself and in meditating. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And communing with the people, my spiritual circle, you know, and, uh, you know, letting them share their gifts with me and sharing mine with them and, and all of that. So it all comes back to that foundation of self-care and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me, when I'm, when I'm there and I'm resonating fully in that space, that's when I'm satisfied. That's when I feel successful. Mm. Yeah. This is really good because there are a few things that you talked about that deeply resonated with me. And the first that is something I actually wrote a blog post about, something I continue to heal in myself as I move more in this meta business space. And that's the issue of competition. And that fundamentally is what drives business. I went to Harvard Business School. I went to Macomb School of Business. I went to a business magnet high school at Lamar. (laughs) I've been studying business for a long time. And we even call people who work at other companies like ours, our competitors. Right. That's their name. And so, I mean, to assume just by being in the holistic business, that the culture of business would be different. Yeah, I I didn't make that assumption, but you know, I also had to (laughs) realize, wow, also business, the business needs healing. The structure, the system of business, the foundation of business needs healing. And that's essentially what inspired meta meta business. And, And so I want to encourage listeners and viewers who are are like us and who are moving into a more Um, holistic path or a metaphysical or spiritual path to not assume that it's going to be paved with roses and rainbows and Mm -hmm. and shiny things. It's likely going to look maybe in the beginning worse than where you came from, because to your point about us tending to our vibration, we're still carrying that vibration from which we came. Right. Okay. So we have to heal those aspects of ourselves so that we can experience more rainbows and flowers Mm -hmm. and sweet smelling things and butterflies and stuff because we have to do the work internally the Mm -hmm. self-care you speak of the meditation the walking in nature the work is the healing Mm -hmm. and my mentors remind me of that every day because I have a tendency like you to do things many to-dos I'll be I'll work until midnight you know wake up at 6 a.m work on my computer there's always something to do yet the work is in the healing especially when you have that intention when you're doing the healing it's like this is where I'm supposed to be this is my work because for me I in the beginning especially had the opposite I had the guilt around doing the healing things when I should have been working or I should have been doing something else Mm -hmm. like I would be getting a massage and thinking about all my things I needed to do after my massage (laughs) because I'm taking all this time out to do a massage Mm -hmm. and I mean you didn't just 
double uh, negative right there. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You in the hole for that time. And so it's really about that self-care that adds value to everything else you're doing in your life. So I'm so glad that you lifted that up for me and for our listeners and viewers, because that's a hundred percent spot on. And, and with that, I would love for you to, um, to get more into like your offerings, um, for, for your business, because you were talking about, you did some of the social media, some of the stuff, um, you know, where, where do you see that expanding? Like, how do you see yourself growing in your business? Yeah, I would love to talk about that. So, um, so on our website, wellnessglobal.com, we um, highlight some healers, wellness practitioners. Um, some are super woo-woo. Some are um, chiropractors and doctors. We don't, we don't discriminate. We don't judge. We really want to be um, open to anyone who is coming from a sense of uh, love and healing who wants yes. to help people in that way. So, um, yeah, so it's all about wellness and recognizing that, uh, what someone is needing right now could vary, you know, tremendously from what someone else is needing and that, you know, someone might be in a, in a headspace to be able to accept physical healing, but not, uh, spiritual or energetic healing yet or vice versa. Right. So, so we want to be open to that. And um, obviously, we've created this great network here in the Roanoke Valley. And now we are expanding this uh, first regionally across the U.S. And then we want to go globally and expand it to people around the world. Of course, if, you know, if people are interested in other countries now, I can talk to them about that now. But uh, one part of what we're doing is just a simple directory, a hyperlink directory listing. Um, that's just, anybody can get their name on it. It's a $10 a month commitment. And, um, that investment just provides them the space on our site, uh, where we can then, you know, list their business and hyperlink over to their website or their social media, uh, to get more eyes on what they're doing. And then with that, because that one is really just a networking, um, uh, mentality for me is to get to know as many people as I can. We offer a refer a pro on that. So if you refer somebody, you can actually earn the $10. So it's $10 a month. But if you sign up and then you refer your friend who does another kind of modality, um, they can, you know, put you down there as their refer and you'll get your listing for free. So right. it's not really about the financial benefit on that one. It's just about growing our yeah. listing. Yeah. That. So that's going to launch in May. That listing will launch in May. So signups are now. Okay. And um, it's on our website under practice. It's like uh, wellnessglobal.com and then you click practitioners. Um, and then the main, the main thing that I spend most of my time with is um, either coaching wellness practitioners in um, either getting their mindset and their self right to, to step out and do the work. Uh, you probably, you've probably met a number of people too, who like, I'm a Reiki healer or I'm a, you know, massage therapist or whatever, but they actually have no clients because they're afraid to actually do it. <laughs> they're afraid to like tell anyone that they do it. Yeah. So um, part of it is overcoming that visibility piece. So I do um, some coaching in that regard, but then we do some marketing. So the, 
the professional marketing package is what I was speaking of earlier. Yeah. Um, it's $85 a month and they get, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram paid ad. We pay that. It's not 85 plus you pay us for the ad. Um, it's included. So it's the ad and then the social media promotion every single month um, to our audience of about 13,000 right now. Nice. Um, and these are all folks who are genuinely organically vested. So yeah. we um, folks sign up, we go to like healing expos, um, conferences and things like that. Um, and then do, you know, opportunities like this where more people can get to hear about us and then go to our website and sign up. Yeah. Um, I'm careful not to, for, for our type of business and what we do, it's important to me that the people on our mailing list are genuinely interested in what we're doing yes. versus having, you know, meta bots, like, you know, paid Facebook people signing up. So we have a list. Yeah. Um, it just kind of defeats the whole organic sense of what we're doing. So that part. Um, talk yeah. About that. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah, it's, it's a very um, engaged audience. We've got free Facebook groups. We have a community Facebook group. Um, it's, it's listed on our website. And then we have one that's for practitioners to come in and I, I want them to connect with each other. I want them to invite each other onto their podcasts and um, their Facebook lives or, you know, do shared offerings together. So really about building relationships between professionals amongst themselves and then supporting our community with um, encouragement and um, whatever offers and services that our practitioners have. So this is so good. Beautiful. Like I, I literally am just so excited and, and to talk with you more and learn more and just, you know, even put my, my little piece in it, because I think that this is a beautiful offering for folks. 13,000 is a very admirable number, especially when you're talking about organic. Right. And I want us to dig a little bit more into this because I also am coming from essentially the space of media. I've been doing a lot of my own personal social media for the past two years. Mm -hmm. growing my following organically and it feels stagnant however it's a lot of falling off and picking up right. people who are actually in alignment with me yes and so it's a lot of growth however the numbers don't always reflect that and this also comes from our godmama godmother abraham she always talks about don't ever look at the reality of things because <laughs> yes. the vibration determines your reality so right. it's really funny when we're, we're talking about this because I really want us to dig a little bit deeper for those that are watching and listening. And even for your, you know, this can be something you share with your clients mm -hmm. around that organic following because we all have the temptation, myself deeply, deeply included, to have the fame and the fame will get me the the. the and when I have the fame, then I'll have the clients. And when I have the clients, then I'll have the revenue. When I have the revenue, then I'll be able to prove that I'm a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. And yeah, guys, it's actually backwards. That's actually, run it back. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts with have a legitimate business, do the work. You know what I'm saying? Then have the, the clients. And then eventually some of the clients will follow you. Some of them may not. Some of them may talk bad about you. You know what I'm saying? You have right. all that. And yeah. then you'll grow it and grow it and grow it. And eventually we'll have the fame. Okay. Right. So it, it actually works the other way around. <laughs> and, and I want us to talk about that because the temptation there, the, um, and maybe it's not just a temptation. There is actually, um, 
a false belief, a false, <laughs> a false teaching, a false program that we've been fed that this social media instrument tool is all that we need for our business and for our success and for our validation and for right. everything. And so how do you feel about that? <laughs> oh, I will, yeah, this is a great topic. Um, so it's interesting because I have um, a client that I work with that has a massive following, very huge. I have to admit the first time I spoke to her on Zoom, I was like butterflies. I knew who she was. I was like shaking. I had like total like, you know, fangirl syndrome. <laughs> I'm, I don't fangirl much. So, um, so there's that example. And then I have, you know, some people that I work with here locally that have, if you looked on their social media or their email list, it'd be like in the, the very low hundreds. Um, but some of those people are much more financially successful. And I would venture to say, happier and more satisfied with their life than, you know, this one client that I have in mind that has a tremendous following that you would might maybe call famous. So you're right. It is, it is a, a part of that illusion that we've been, you know, brainwashed to believe all about that. Um, the numbers and the fame makes you credible when, yes. you know, if you if you have this desire in your heart and you're moving toward it, you're not an imposter. This is your heart's work. You just let stomp on that. That's not, that's just, you know, a little devil in your ear. That's not real. Um, it has nothing to do with that, you know? Uh, and I think it comes back to that whole competition conversation we had before yes. and the thought of like that scarcity mindset that there's not enough to go around. And it's yes. like, guess yes. what? There's like, so much more to go around than you could even begin to fathom. And there's no need in the universe for you to begin to think that you're not going to get a piece of that infinite pie. Yeah. There's plenty of pie. <laughs> there's plenty yeah. for you. Yes. And just get that scarcity mentality, you know, out of your head. I mean, you want to have a little fun, like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to be on this show. So-and-so got on this show. I want to be on this show. You know, if that drives you, if that's your kind of, you know, gets your juices flowing, then fine, but not to the point that it makes you feel insecure or you're like, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Um, because those numbers, they really don't matter. Um, I've seen that. I, I probably doubted that myself before and the universe needed to show me this illustration and, and it's been brought before me. So I've like, I've seen it with my own eyes, guys. <laughs> it really, truly has been evidence before me that your authenticity, your heart for what you do, that's what matters. And um, just feeling that joy in your heart for what you're doing and getting the rewards for. The more you love it, the more genuine you are about it, the more happy, successful, and satisfied you're going to feel. Yes. You know? Yes, that part. And yeah. I, 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 this speaks to me because I'm doing a juggling a lot of irons in the fire yeah. and I've been doing it for a few years and I'm yeah. so deeply aligned with my work. Even this podcast, I consider part of that work and amplifying not only my voice, but the voice of other people who have 
gone through challenges, gone through dark nights of the soul and emerged, you know, gods and goddesses in the process. This is what the work looks like. And as long as it took you to get to where you are today, like, I mean, give yourself a fraction of that time to get to where you want to be. And this is what I have to speak over myself because I, I, I am the definition of my podcast. I am the millennial. I am the instant gratification, you know, Instagram, instant oatmeal, instant type of, this is how I was (laughs) raised. (laughs) And so I want my instant success. Mm -hmm. Where's my instant success? Right. And that's how I operated. And that's how I treated myself. Yeah. When I didn't get the likes or when I didn't get the comments or when I didn't get the follows or when I didn't, all those things, it deeply, I deeply judged myself Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe this isn't the path because it's not resonating with enough people fast enough. Right. I really want to encourage folks that are listening and watching that this was me. Like you're looking Mm -hmm. at me doing this and I was having these same kinds of thoughts, Mm -hmm. black thoughts, these victim thoughts. Yes. It it, it takes me having to re reaffirm myself. Mm -hmm. um continue to work on my vibration to know and trust that what I'm doing what I'm enjoying what I've been called to do what I answered the call to do what I feel in alignment with is exactly where I'm supposed to be and it looks exactly the way it's supposed to look (laughs) amen yes absolutely preach that's right that's right and just being being happy with the moment that you're in mm -hmm. and enjoying it you know Mm -hmm. Just loving it for what it is. Exactly, exactly. And I want you to talk a little bit about being a working mom because you you dug into that a little bit um, yeah. in the beginning and that transition, which I'm sure was a hard one, going yeah. from having, even if it was the shadow of a man in the household, you know, <laughs> it, it gave you some sense of maybe false security to then <laughs> having to jump out on your own because I'm a single mother <laughs> and um dating, trying to, you know, looking, not trying to, waiting for, preparing for my divine mate. Mm-hmm. And, and in that process, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself and my identity as a mother. Mm-hmm. And can you speak more to that journey for you, you know, going through those different relationships and also going into managing your own business and mm-hmm. from the perspective of, of that, of that hat, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been one of the most, um, I guess, like, heart-wrenching parts of my journey is my kids. I've always, I've always been drawn to um, being an advocate for kids. You know, mm. like, when I was, when I was young, I was the big cousin, and I'd keep all the little cousins rounded up and keep them wow. in order. And then, you know, I had, uh, my mom had my brother when I was 15. So I'd be toting him around. And then I couldn't, I just had that hormonal thing where I couldn't wait to get married and have kids. I met my first husband and he already had a son and that, I, that just made me over the moon. Yeah. I I fell in love with teaching kindergarten because I love their energy. It's just always, it's part of my purpose is advocating for kids. And I, I still maintain that like in my community, I'm an advocate for kids. I, I'm a court appointed homeschool witness. I'll go to court to rally for homeschool moms. I wow. homeschool groups. I it's kind of my my inner world work, you know. I just I love kids. So 
it was really hard for me um, emotionally to accept that I was going to be a single mom and that my, you know, first that my husband left, it just left, you know, we never heard from him again. And um, interestingly enough, I've heard from him in the last couple of years, he started trying to message us. So funny, but anyway, but for they always years, come back. They always yeah, come back. Right? Nothing for twenty. Like years. it? Like that? Like oh wait, I just saw it. Nope, it's been twenty yeah. years. Buddy. <laughs> now that they're grown, hey, what's up? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you're looking good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. So um, yeah. So that was really hard. Like it was. I was like, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This yeah. isn't the way I wanted it to be. And then when it happened again, I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. I are you it. kidding me? Mm-hmm. So I did have to kind of sink into like, um, my dad was, he was sent, he was drafted and sent to Vietnam when he was like, just turned 18. Like he turned 18 and like went the next, they sent him the next week. So he kind of had this, uh, no whining, tough guy kind of mentality when I was growing up. And so we didn't typically like think of ourselves as a victim there was like that wasn't allowed like suck it up (laughs) so um for the first time when all you know the second divorce kind of fell apart I fell into this like victimhood emotional state like why me poor me what why does the universe have against me why does God hate me why can't I do anything right yeah and it was really the first time that I ever experienced that I think it was good that I went through that because I can now empathize, you know, and understand people when they come to talk from that state of being with me, whereas I couldn't before. But um, I really went down that hole (laughs) and I had to fully experience those emotions and then, you know, then get it together and then realize, you know what, I'm really very fortunate, like this place that I live in we have resources. Like I can't go hungry. There's food banks and churches and, you know, social services. There's all of these resources. There's housing resources. Like no one's going to let me, if I don't, if I don't want to live on the street, no one's going to let me live on the street. It's, we have this system here and I'm not going to fall through the cracks. It's going to be okay. So, um, if I'm willing to do the work and, um, and move through this, I know I can come out on top. So I had to make that shift, but it's like, I had to plunge into that victim thing just once to really fully appreciate coming out the other side. Um, but really being a business owner and, um, having more, um, influence over how, how, and when I do things, how I spend my time, what I spend my time on, what's important, what I can let go of, really learning to follow my inspired action and not just be a workaholic for the sake of being a workaholic. Cause I could do that. I could do that if I let Very myself. Well. <laughs> I like working, but you know, there's a, I also like sitting with my feet up on the porch, you know? And so, um, um, that has really freed me to enjoy my kids more and to appreciate the simple things in our lives. And, and to show them the way, like, I, I just feel that so much of what we do is modeling because they see what we do much more, um, strongly than they hear what we tell them. Right. 
So they're watching us. What does Abraham say? Words don't teach. Right. Yeah. She always says that. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I love that I can show them, you know, look, you've watched me start from scratch and do this yes, and be anything I wanted to be. Yes. And you're here with me and you see what kind of life I've created for, you know, our family yes. and, and what Jonathan and I have created for our family. And, you know, you can do or be or have anything you want because mm. you see, you see that this is what mm. is possible. So I love that. I love that about being an entrepreneur. And that really helps ground me in that, um, loyalty to inspired action yes. because I I want to have more time for them. And if I stick to following inspired action versus yes. just being a busybody, then I'm going to do what's important and then I'm going to walk away. Yeah. Let's do, not the mic. <laughs> all of this is giving me so much life because I didn't even know there was such a thing as a court appointed child advocate and come on now this so you are are building this community not only for healers but you're also creating and supporting a community for for children for vulnerable you know populations in my view yeah and um and then also you know giving that modeling that energy for your children for your family Mm -hmm. i just commend you and i am so grateful that you made the time and space (laughs) to come on the Metabusiness Millennial podcast and talk about yourself. And I would just love for you to just kind of close out with anything else you kind of want to share about yourself and how people can get in touch with you and or your business, work with you as a client. Um, That'd be really great at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our website for the business is wellnessglobal.com. If you Mm -hmm. go there, you'll find what you're looking for in terms of you know, becoming a collaborator, being on our directory listing, or just uh, subscribing to our e-blast, um, or connecting with me personally to talk more about uh, coaching, or just, you know, you want to have a 30-minute conversation about where you're at, you need a little cut talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm happy, I'm happy to do that, because for me, it's all about human connection, recognizing that we're all one family, and um, the, the divisions between us are illusions. And, you know, um, it feels great to support one another and encourage one another and help each other be where we want to be. And and that's what I want to do with my life. So, um, yeah, everything's, everything in your life is absolutely overcomable. If you, if you're in a place where you feel overwhelmed or lost, or you want to do this, but you feel stuck in this, um, it's really a sign to just go within just mm-hmm. turn everything off, get quiet yes. and spend yes. a lot of time with yourself. Go yes. out in the woods if you need to go to yes. the mountain, <laughs> go sit on the beach and just turn it all off and, and tune in because, um, especially for us here, I know in the U S particularly, uh, there are so many resources. You can really have courage to make changes in your life and, and find your way through those changes. Yes. Just trust yourself. And say yes. Yes. Say yes. Yes. <laughs> trust yourself and say yes. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us, me and Valerie, and just talking about this beautiful, beautiful 
um, business that she's created. And just for the record, it's going to be in the show notes. It's well nest because it sounds like wellness, but it's well right. N-E-S-T. Nest with a T. <laughs> yes. Um, well nest. And that is already, it, it speaks to who you are, the nurturer, the sort of the mother template, the, you know, the mother angelic template. You totally have that energy. And, um, and I'm so grateful that you've graced us with your presence. And so for all of you all who want to stay connected with me, um, I am Erin Patton. And that also is my Instagram handle, my Facebook, my, my YouTube. And also you can find more resources for the Meta Business Millennial Podcast at themetabusiness.world and also the offerings that I have from themetabusiness.world. So um, that concludes this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And that's all. Much love and light to you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, erinpatton.com to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.